I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. If you have a laser device for training and you want to take it to the next level, or if you're looking to get into using a laser device for training, check out the products at laserapp.com. L-A-S-R-A-P-P.com. You can use code CSP2021 for 15% off the items you've selected. And thanks for checking them out. So now, now you're at SIG. Uh, obviously, you're enjoying the, the gig. The yeah. RV looks spectacular with SIG all over it, by the way. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. I was like, yeah, that's that was, pretty sweet. Yeah, I uh, so I bought that RV. Silly story, but my wife, God bless her heart, she uh, she doesn't know how to pack, right? She, she can't pack. She doesn't know how. She's never been a strong suit. She might actually be listening to me on the other side of that door. <laughs> but I don't care. She can't deny this. She can't pack. Um, in fact, I'm texting her right now. Are you home? Question mark. <laughs> I sure hope she's not. But anyway, I, I had we had a, a big Yukon Denali, right? We call it a big red XL Yukon, huge truck, and we would take take this thing from. Um, uh, we bought it in Oklahoma. So we drove it from Oklahoma to Virginia because you know, my family's still in Danville area. And we brought it, uh, we drove it from uh, from here to there all the time, drove it everywhere. And she would pack this thing up like a sardine. I mean, I would, I would be driving this huge truck and there'd be so much crap around me, behind me, that I was, I was claustrophobic. I just like, I'm thinking if I crash this truck right now, I'll be killed by the things flying around in it. I won't be, the impact won't kill me. And I just, it just drove me so insane. I snapped one day, like a dry twig. And I was like, that's it. I'm buying a motor home. So you can't fill it up. I was wrong about that. She, she does fill it up, but you can't fill it up and give me claustrophobia because if she fills it up now, it's like all the stuff are in these like, you know, cabinets and everything are underneath. And my area is like this. It's like looks like this chair. I'm just a lazy boy driving the RV. That's why I got it. And it turns out that you know, we enjoy using it. We camp in it, and we we actually do like it very much. Uh, but yeah, I got this old RV. I, I just got it for steel. They were cheap back in the you know a few years ago. And uh, yeah, the stickers were coming off anyway because they were they just kind of falling apart. So I. Uh, I just told him off and I told my boss, I was like, Hey man, would you consider wrapping this? Cause I wanted to do a full wrap, you know, all the way up. And, uh, they wouldn't do it, but they put stickers on it. It looks, it looks okay. I mean, it's, it gets some attention. It depends on what state you're in, but, uh, usually you get, yeah. you know, usually there are dudes in pickup trucks honking at you, which is fine. I only seen one BMW honk, but, uh, it's funny <laughs> what you do. Cause first you're thinking, Oh crap, am I running them off the road? And I realized, Oh, they like sick. So, <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah, I can imagine some states it's probably not good to drive through with that on. <laughs> Make it pulled over. Well, you know, I've never been pulled over yet. Um, that's that's a good thing. But, you know, I mean, if you pulled me over, look, I'm going to – do you have guns in the car? A question It's going to have to come up. And obviously, no. I mean, pff, of course I don't know. <laughs> No, no, I've been pretty lucky, and I mean, honestly, look, RVs are a pain in the butt. I, I would, I never stopped one as a cop because I just didn't want to deal with what if, what if the driver's suspended? You got to impound that damn thing, and you got a car you're towing behind. Oh, what a mess! So people usually leave you alone. It's just a lot of work. I see that now. I've just jinxed myself. Now I'm going to get like drug dogs because right. when all this, uh, all this crap was going on in the big cities. And all this riding and everything. I had to drive through New York City and all the big towns, you know. So I, I had a, I had a pistol in my RV, like under the sofa. It was, it was a, it was an AR pistol. Let's face it, it had a brace on it. Which, you know, we all know what that means. <laughs> but I had that in under. You know, I had it in my RV, like right next to my seat. I had another one under my couch. You know, I was like, I'm not taking any chances. I'll, I'll. I'll get in trouble with the law if I have to, but I'm not going to get, you know, I'm not going to get in a situation where I can't get out of. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Was yeah I was stop thing to go on. So I'm, I'm okay there. I think. See Leo. So now, now you're going to have to get your car, uh, get your truck uh, stickers on there. 
Ooh, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't put the, I don't put stickers that. Yeah, not yeah. on my, not on my vehicle. I don't recommend like, it. it. Like my luggage, I don't know how I make it through TSA because my luggage is covered in like Sig, Mossberg, oh. freaking Mile High Shooter. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, I don't, not I don't on my car. Sticker. The only stick stickers I have are on my motorhome. So, and my motorhome is only ever at my house. And let's face it, it's not a lot of crime here in the seacoast of New Hampshire. And when I'm traveling, so if someone's going to try to break in or do something based on a sticker, it's not going to go well. Yeah, it won't. End. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, not on my vehicle. Those are all on my like my luggage. I even have like this. This is a gun-free home stickers on my in front of my house. It's like bait. <laughs> it's, it's like, I wish someone would try it. I just wish. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, the RV was a lot of fun. It still is a lot of fun. I got to actually winterize that thing pretty soon. But uh, yeah, took it to took it to Fredericksburg. We're gonna be. I was gonna take it to Mid Atlantic again, but it looks like that match is the same weekend as the Single Stack Nationals. And mm. I don't think Vicky is going to change the dates, which is frustrating. I mean, I get why she won't, but I wanted really wanted to shoot that match. So I don't know. I'm going to be taking it somewhere. Hell, I might be taking it to Clinton, South Carolina. I don't know. Where's uh, where single stack at? Is it in Colorado? It's in Al- yeah, it's in Alabama. Oh, Alabama. Okay. Yeah, Sam's single stack, single stack, and carry optics, and the Steel Challenge, a World Speed Shooting Championship, are all in Talladega. And the two gun nationals, which is PCC and a pistol, and the production limited open PCC nationals is is going to be also all of those are going to be injunction. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So that'll be cool. So now you're at Sig, and you're the pistol. What was your title again? Uh, pistol product manager. That's right. Pistol product manager. Now, did you lead the project on the, help me out here, Leo, the 365. There we go. Yes. So how did, so I'm curious how you guys came up with the idea of building a pistol around a magazine. Well, I mean, it, it honestly didn't start that way. And when I, when I came to work at SIG, I saw the very first um, uh, rapid prototype, mock-up of this gun and i pulled the magazine out and it was a single stack so like no that's that's not no that's not gonna happen uh they're not doing another me too gun let's and then the grip was fat enough to where i'll say look we fit a we can fit a double stack mag in this um so it, it kind of started as a a when i first got there this was it they were like hey, this is your new this is your first project now obviously i was working on um turning around the 320 line and making all, you know, the X series set up and all that. But uh, yeah, the 365 just kind of started with a, let's do something no one else has ever done. I, I can't take full credit for it. Obviously there's a lot of people involved, a lot of working parts, but um, that was my very first gig as product manager in 2016. So, you know, looking at the dates, it takes two years, it took us two years to get it where I wanted it. Uh, and it was a, it's a huge success. In fact, I knew, the thing is, we knew, I knew and we knew that it was going to be an out-of-the-park Grand Slam home run. We knew it because no one was doing it. No one had made a gun that small that held that many rounds. And, you know, and I was a shooter. I'd, I'd play, I, you know, I carried a Car P9. I carried a Glock 43. I carried a lot of very, very small, concealable, not terribly comfortable guns, Um I even carried a 938 when I got to work for SIG. I didn't, I felt bad carrying a car and a Glock. So I carried a 938 and none of them really checked any of the boxes. I mean, they're concealable, but uh, there was never that balance of concealability and capability out there. Um, Sky came some kind of close. They had that Sky pistol. It was, it's actually bigger than you think it is, but um that that was a pretty decent attempt at a very small gun with 10 round magazines but the gun itself was uh not great uh it was bad but be that as it may we had an opportunity to come up with a striker fired gun the the sideways striker 
uh, trigger reset spring was really cool. That's what actually stood out to me as like one of the neatest things I'd seen because it it gave us that much more space to get the top of the trigger guard closer to the muzzle, uh, which you know made the gun shorter. And um, so yeah, I, I couldn't have been happier with how it went. Um, we expected it would be huge. It was. And now it's, you know, it's, it's the new standard. Now everyone's doing yep. a high capacity micro compact. And we knew that was going to happen. And we knew it would be about a year before someone broke the mold. And, you know, Springfield did that with their gun. And now they're all doing it. So now the real question is, what are, what are we going to do next to set a new standard? So Exactly. That was the uh, next thing I was going to say. Is there, do you guys, uh, I know you guys aren't going to be at SHOT Show. That's correct. So is there anything on the horizon? And I, I, I know there's only so much you can say, but is there yeah. anything that would have been presented at SHOT Show? Yes. Is, <laughs> next part two of that is, is it something you may have shot at Virginia State? No. Um, no. Uh, okay. No. Not exactly what I shot at Virginia State, no. But I, I get what you're. I see what you're getting at. And yes, uh, I am working on something that could be. Uh, I am working on something that could be used uh, in a, 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 a different capacity in USPSA. Um, so, you know, without going into a lot of details. We hope, hopefully, I'll be, I'll have it before next season. Uh, well, I know I'll have it before next season. Um, that's about all I can say there. But yes, we were actually going to introduce. We were thinking about introducing that gun. We pushed it out. We were going to introduce um, three new ones, uh, and you know, obviously. We the intent was to launch them correctly, and in that I wanted to launch them around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, and then have the shot show to actually let people get their hands on it because you want to kind of have okay. it in the market for a little bit um, instead of just revealing a shot because revealing a shot doesn't do anything because there's no end users there. It's just gun store owners and distributors and dealers and you know Instagrammers and that kind of thing. Um, so you know we we don't like revealing and launching product at shot. I was hoping to launch them at the end of this year and a couple of them, I still am. Um, and one of them, I, we, we, you know, by the turn of the, by the turn of the 2022, we'll see a couple of really cool guns coming out that I don't want to say they'll change the way. Um, they, I don't think they'll create a new market, but they will definitely shake a couple up. So pretty excited about it. Oh, Okay. So nothing like the 365 groundbreaking, but still some things that kind of shake some things up. <laughs> yeah, probably not like, yeah, you're 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 not wrong. Yeah, not not 365 was a was a big big one. That was our biggest launch and obviously it's our biggest uh biggest highest most selling gun we've ever made. I mean, it sold, it sold more guns uh, than any SIG in history. So uh, wow. couldn't be, couldn't I be. I bought asked. two of them. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing is we, you know, we couldn't come out with it at a best time at a better time because, you know, at the time that gun was introduced that year it was out was the really hard year for the shooting industry. Um, and everyone was in the red except us because we had the 365 and people just couldn't get enough of them. So couldn't be happy with how that turned out. But, uh, you know, my boss, my big boss, the CEO, he's a tough client. He's a very hard guy to please. And he's always thinking two to five years down the road. And, you know, he, he is not easily impressed. And if I come out with something awesome, he just says, very nice. Uh, what's next? You know, so I'm always working on something really cool. And I will say that um, by spring of next year, I am going to put something out in the market that will shake things up. Um, wow. um, maybe you not start saving us. money. Maybe not for us, but yeah, you're going to want this one. Yeah. 
When you say not us, you mean competition shooters. Yeah, it's not a general. Yeah, for for next for next mid next year, it's not going to be a competitive competitive product, a competition pistol product per se. Not from my not from my line. Now, I'm not saying that we won't have something that's going to be extremely uh, appealing uh, by next year, but it's not going to be out of my line. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, it's it's. I'm very excited about because here's the thing. Look, the the firearm industry has been great, right? Everything has been selling. Everything's selling at full price. It's like the car industry. People are still buying guns. Obviously, the 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 market is starting to level out now, finally. But for a year and a half, we couldn't make guns fast enough, right? So, right. like the ammo, yeah. Right, we can't make guns fast enough. So why? At this time, it, does, it doesn't make a lot of sense for, especially for SIG, since we can't make enough guns, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to have a lot of new product uh, introductions in a year that we can't make what we're already making. Because if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm buried under orders for this 365 and I come out with something that blows it away, then the people will just cancel those orders and try to go for these. And that happened with the Spectre. I mean, that, that was an intentional launch because I wanted to come out with something cool and custom and a high margin gun um, to, to kind of take advantage of that hungry market. And it worked. Um, but as far as really cool, innovative stuff, this isn't the time to do it. Um, not for us. Uh, I think some companies are are doing it to, you know, to kind of prepare for their shot. I mean, Springfield came out with a really cool gun. Uh, that SA-35 looks awesome. Uh, I, I'm actually going to try to get one of those. Um, I'm a big Browning high-power guy. I love them. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think there are companies out there who are going to have some cool, I wouldn't say innovative. It's not innovative for them, but it is a, a product that people will get excited about. Um, but for us, it's just not the best time. Now, the end of the year, beginning of next year, I got a feeling that things are going to dump pretty quick. So I want to have some really cool new products for next year, and that's what I'm going to do. So what do you what do you do when you're in that time period where you guys are just making enough product of what you have to fulfill the demands of the customer? What what does Phil Strader do at work for the future? Uh, well, I, I, I just, I don't change anything. Uh, I, I didn't change the, I didn't, I didn't change the way I do business. I didn't change the drive. I mean, I'm still pushing, um, for the last year, I've been pushing new, new product through, uh, pretty hard and fast for me. Now it's, a, I'm in a very unique situation where I can keep pushing and now I can rack and stack the products instead of having to push for a deadline and then not making it and getting beat up by my bosses. Hey, we should launch this two months ago. We're losing sales. Now I'm in a position where I can say, okay, I'm going to have these four new products ready to go. And then you guys can strategically with hopefully with my help, we can launch them at strategic time. So I'm not slowing down. I'm, I'm still doing the same job I'm doing. It's just my launch windows are changed. You know, they're not, they're not based on a need anymore. They're based on a strategic right. market induced launch you know yeah, I, I almost feel like i almost feel like it actually gave you more time to focus and concentrate on that yeah and make it yes, I say, puts you in a better yeah. position for sure one of the yeah. guns that i'm launching next year um i think it's going to be probably in the may time frame we'll see april may i could have had that gun out now uh or towards towards the next month or the end of the year but because of the market because i was able to take a couple risks and make the product even better. I didn't, I just, I changed a spec that I wanted to have. I knew it was going to be something that was going to be a lot of R and D for us and a lot of research and a lot of testing, but I didn't care because we had that window to do it. So I went from having a pretty cool product to something even nicer for a little bit later in the year because I can afford it now. I can afford to do that. So you're right. I almost feel like Phil, you should create another spreadsheet showing all of your <laughs> deadlines and add these in because these are going to make your deadline percentage go through the roof. Yeah, that's true. You know? 
That's a good point. I mean, when it comes time for a raise, you can like, look, man, I'm like 110% on my deadline meeting. A raise? What's, what is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, we say the same thing. It's all good. I was going to say, we definitely don't either. I don't I, yeah. Is that like an increase in salary? Is that what that is? I don't I, It's just something I read on the internet. I have no idea. Yeah. Commensurate with the amount of work hours you're actually putting in. I it isn't really a raise. It's just you're getting paid for the work you're doing. If I could have just renegotiated and say, hey, how about I get half a percent on every new product that I launch per per sale? They, on, on net, not, not even on gross, just net. That would have been a better better deal, I think. Yeah, but you know why they would have said no. Bitch, I'm out. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's why. Because it would give you the chance to say, rich bitch, I don't have to work here. See, you're too valuable for you to be that valuable. No kidding. You have to keep you in. I've learned a lot working at SIG. And you know what? There's only one guy who's safe, and that's Ron Cohen. Everyone else is expendable. Now, some people think I'm not, but I don't think that. So if Ron Cohen, you're watching this. I don't think that. I love my job. <laughs> I love my job. Please don't me. <laughs> I got to be honest. I'm pretty sure. I got kids, watching. man. <laughs> so who all's on the team SIG? Or who's on team? Who all is on the SIG shooting team? So it's uh, Max is the team captain and Lena and uh, Daniel Horner. Okay. Oh, so that's okay. our official team. Um, there We do help out some folks. Um, we've been... Um, uh, helping Christian Sailor, uh, Christian Sailor out with op- optics. He uses Sig optics. Um, so we do do we do smaller amounts of sponsorship. I I guess technically uh, you could theoretically say I'm sponsored, but not on Team Sig. I have more of a a deal that I worked out with uh, when I got hired. It was part of my I wouldn't say employment contract, but I did work out. You know that look incentive package. Yeah, this is part of my job. This is part of my life. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. And one of the reasons they hired me was because of my presence in the industry. And this is part of that presence. So I think they, and then, you know, I've never, I, you know, there's always going to be the side comments, you know, oh, Phil's gone again kind of thing. But, uh, and I, I hear that and I see it. Um, but look, you know, there's not going to be a lot of people out there who, and I, gotta, I hate saying this. This is horrible to say, but there's not a lot of people out there who bring uh, the same assets to the table that I bring because, you know, I can do the business part of it and I can still maintain a presence in our our circles, our competitive shooting circles. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a good bullshitter. So I do well on video. In fact, all those product videos you guys watch, that's all impromptu. I don't, I don't write any of that stuff down. That's all just. See, now I'm just more impressed. That's not that I do not write any of it down. In fact, I'm working on something for I am I did write down the latest script I was working on for something way bigger than a product video. Um, but it's you know, I had to write that down, but I won't read it, I'll just kind of figure it out. But on the gun side, when I've got a gun in my hands, you know, it's you know, I, I could pick up any firearm and tell you some cool things about it, even if I don't know what I'm talking about, I can make it sound like I do. So that's also a gift. So, you know, I, I that's what I, makes you invaluable. It makes you invaluable when you can tell someone something and they think you know what you're talking about, even if you don't. If you can sound like a subject matter expert, you're already winning. Yeah. Right. People aren't there, people are too lazy to be like, let me see if he's right. They're gonna be like, that's 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 awesome. He's handsome, he's got a great smile, yes. and he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. That's how you know. When you're really good, you you give them things that they can't fact check. Like, yeah, you, you got to be careful. You, you don't want it because people on the interwebs will, they will try to fact check you. That's how they get you, man. That's how they get you. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I do think that it does seem like there is some level of understanding that because you do participate in this segment of shooting, that is absolutely added value for you because you'd understand what that market. And in addition, the other half, which is just somebody who carries a gun every day. Like right. it's really easy for you to translate that to the need in the market. Yeah. So they'd be well, crazy to be like, you can't shoot anymore. Right. And I don't think they would ever say that. Um, and, and you know, the thing is, I'm not afraid to, 
I I embrace other companies' products. I love CZ. Um, I love most of the guns they make. I actually have I actually own probably more Glocks than I have Sigs. Um, you know, you know, I love the Canic. I don't have one yet, but I I mean I I have a I have an opportunity to shoot a lot of guns. There you go. Uh, the Canic's got the best production trigger out there. I'm okay. I'm okay saying that, and that makes me want to figure out how they did it so I can improve my product. So uh, I think that makes a, I think that's what makes for a good product manager, someone who has a lot of in, all encompassing product knowledge, because I'm not scared to go to uh, Matt, for instance, Matt Hopkins, I'll go to his table and I'll pick a gun up and I'll tell him like, that's sure it's horrible or wow, this thing's awesome. And, you know, and I'll go shoot it. Now, obviously I can't shoot with people taking pictures, but I'll, I'll shoot something just to see what it feels like and see if I like it or not. Because when I tell someone that the X5 shoots better than anything out there, it's because I've shot everything out there. And, and I truly believe that it still does. Uh, now, obviously, a, an LT, LTD-01 or a Shadow 2 or some of the, the heavier guns, even the, uh, the, the Walther steel frame, although I really don't like the way that gun shoots, um, I've shot them. And they have different attributes, like the CZ, man. That thing is flat, but it's you know it's it's very direct. So some people don't like a really direct recoil. Some people like a softer, flatter gun, and that's what the X5 brings. You know, that brings the weight and the flex and all that, so it's softer and easier on you. Um, some people are big into triggers, so Canic's a great op option for them, and they don't care about having the heavy weight. But um, yeah, so when I have a gun when I shoot something, when I talk about how something shoots, I want it to be based on, in relevance and based in experience. And like you said, if I'm out here shooting and getting my hands dirty, I mean, I've got, I'm, there's no telling how many 1911s I have. I think it's 27 now. And when we build a 1911, I'm going to be able to pick that gun up and shoot it and go, okay, this is a great 1911. In fact, my single stack that I'll be shooting for the rest of this year and into next year is SIG TAC Ops. So, you know, it's uh, it does it does give a lot of credibility to the position. And, you know, I see a lot of product managers out there who are they are in their little universe and their company and they only see their products and they are delusional enough to believe that their gun is better than everything else out there when it way isn't. And I know that we have there are better guns out there than some of the guns we make. I'm not gonna. I'm not stupid enough to say that everything we make is better than everyone else's, but that's what my job is. My job is to make the best product there is compared to everyone else's, and you know, I'm still trying to work that, to that goal. I still think we're the best polymer gun out there. I mean, the Canics are great for the money, but you know, Nil seems to shoot his pretty daggone good. Son of a gun, beat me with a minor gun. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't. He he was right on Mason's ass. Yeah. I was so glad he didn't win. I mean, not because, <laughs> not because, not for any personal reasons, but I was sitting there going, you know, I was talking to him at the match, you know, and I'm, just, I'm one of these guys that I talk so much crap. That's why me and Robbie get along so well. Is I was talking to Nils, and I'm sure he was stressed because he was in the running. I was like, listen, man, if you win this match with a minor canic, I said, you know, my boss is going to come to me and say, hey, this guy won nationals with a nine millimeter. So you need to put away that prototype and get you an X five Legion and shoot that in limited because I'm like, yeah, cause no one gets it. They don't understand Nils is Nils. He's not right. like most people. So, um, so I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't win for that reason. Cause now we can still say, yeah, he shot limited minor. You're not supposed to do that unless they just go minor across the board and then it'd be awesome. But for him, bad for all of us. But, so the the three twenty max that was at while you've been at Sig, correct? Yes. So how much did you and Max work together to uh, do that, three, or is that just a the three twenty max was actually a project that Tim Butler, he was a former product manager, he actually worked on that gun with Max. Um, okay. But I mean, the, that gun was very easy to make in that. It wasn't easy, but it was not complicated because we already had, we knew the X5 was a working platform that didn't really require any design validation or engineering validation. So what we really needed to come with, up with was, is what Tim had to come up with was a slide that stood out 
that Max liked. I think I'm pretty sure Max had a lot of input on the slide design. Um, and it obviously had to have a direct mounted Romeo three max, uh, Romeo three XL, whichever one you prefer. And it was a purpose built carry optics only pistol. Uh, I think the only mistake that was made on that gun was the forecast that they we put for it. We didn't expect we'd sell 9,000 in three days, <laughs> but, uh, I'm not saying that's how many we sold, but it was a lot, a lot. It was more than we could make. Uh, it was more than we could get Romeo 3 Max Optics. So, uh, and that slide is very complicated, as you as you know. So it doesn't. It's not exactly what you call uh, a time saver on the machines. So mm. you know, it was a super popular gun. I think it also showed us that there could very well be a progression of you know optic equipped guns, and that's that's all they have. Um, as optic technology keeps getting better and better and better, it's becoming less and less practical from a target shooter standpoint, from someone who just likes to go to the range and shoot, it's getting less practical for them to, uh, you know, to shoot an iron sighted gun. It's, it's no different than you play a video game or whatever, and you get a, a gun that has a really cool sighting device or one that doesn't, it's more fun to shoot the pistol or the firearm with the cool sighting device. If I gave you a, an AR 15 with iron sights or an AR with a, a fully a variable optic or a red dot, pretty clear which one you're going to shoot. So, I mean, I, I remember the days when rifles always had to have an a, a post front sight on it and a rear backup and, and red dots were kind of the thing that just you kind of put on if you wanted to afterwards. And now they don't sell rifles with sights anymore. So yeah, I think when We're we start flat tops, yeah. So when we started doing the Max, I think that kind of was a wake-up call for a lot of us, um, that the red dot, what we call it the red dot revolution is what we're calling it, is is a real thing. And I think people are starting to, to pick up on it. In fact, I mean, there's so many different optics now to choose from. It, that's, uh, that's, that's, we're seeing a lot of interest in either optic-ready or optic-equipped pistols and you know, for, so for Max, you know, he was super excited to see what the numbers were because his name's on the gun. So, you know, that royalty check is going to probably be pretty, pretty good for him as well. Uh, got another, got another rich bitch coming down. <laughs> rich bitch. <Yeah. laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm couldn't be happier with how it, uh, how, how it went. And I'm sure Max is super stoked, stoked about it. And we saw a lot of 320 Maxes at the carry optics nationals too. So, I mean, my gun is, uh, my gun is actually a version of what we made for Max before the, the 320 Max pistol was a gun. It was basically just an X5 with a, a direct-mounted Romeo 3 footprint on it with no front sight. It was just a precursor to the Max slide. So you know, eventually, I probably will end up shooting the, the Max slide as well, although my gun kind of is a Max slide. It's just not as fancy. And I run, a, I run an XL. I don't run the, uh, the big circle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just I've always been a widescreen guy. I don't know why. I mean, I think they're both fine. Yeah, it seems like it seems like dot size and window size are a lot of that's just personal preference. Yeah, I actually shot my first Care Optics Nationals, which, by the way, was uh, spreadsheet up sheet was in 2017. Uh, I shot a three MOA dot. And it's not because I wanted to, it's just because of what I had. And man, I was so excited that I did that because there were so many hard shots and that three MOA dot really came in handy uh, that year. And then uh, after that, I went to a six, but yeah. So what, so what did you shoot at carry optics nationals this year? Uh, this year I shot basically an X five Legion lower and uh, an X five uh it looked like an X5 Legion upper, but it was uh, it was a slide without a front dovetail cut, and I had a Romeo 3 XL directly mounted to the slide, and I ran a a, a Go Guns gas pedal on it. Okay. Yeah, I'm just I I have gone back and forth uh, between the, the gas pedal, um, and I don't honestly I shoot just as well with or without it. I think and let's see. In fact, in 2018, I finished third at Carry Optics without one. And it, this year I finished okay. seventh. Although the, the the competition was really good in seventh, 
But uh, but I like when when I don't have it on there and I run a regular thumb you know, takedown lever. If I'm shooting really fast, sometimes I can feel it turning, like in my thumb. Mm. I don't like that, so I just I put it on there because my thumb sits in the same spot. I just but I can't feel the thing turn, so works out pretty well. And my holster seems to work with it, so I, I just let it let it go. That's okay. fine. Um, and if you're left-handed, it doesn't do any good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I shot that, and I shot a uh, with the limiter. I shot the same gun I shot at the um, the Virginia State. Not the same ammo. I'm happy to say. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I had <laughs> ammo that ran pretty much. I, I was gonna. Add because I walked over to you when you were trying to load your mags on the very first stage. I think you were talking to Todd Sindelar right there. And, uh, there was an issue with the ammo. Was that, was that ammo that someone you got from somebody? Or yeah. Was that ammo you Yeah. Okay. Matt Nash had a bunch of 40 cal ammo and just a bucket Molly coated stuff. That he didn't want. And, uh, so I was like, sure. I'll, I've got a limited gun. I'll try it. And some of the ammo was loaded long. And it was loaded a little too long, and it was getting hung up in the magazines uh, and dragging on the mags. So, needless to say, it didn't do well. Um, and uh, the ammo was badly bulged. So, not only did I have some fail-to-feeds, I think I had seven fail-to-feeds on one stage, a big one, too. Ugh. Wow. Um, the same loader Huggy had. Man, I tell you, it was bad. <laughs> and... And I was shooting okay up to that point. Um, and then the next stage, I had a bulge case that I could not get out. I mean, it was, took forever to get this thing cleared out of the gun. I was, you know, banging it out of there. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I'm done. I went back up and got some different ammo. And it worked from most point. But, you know, the, the funny thing is I, I had the ammo that I shot last year at, at Limited Nationals, uh, which I finished 13th then. Ooh. But <laughs> – um, but be that as it may, I uh, I had the same ammo and the gun was running fine. First stage of the match, I'm shooting and I'm done with the stage. And I look down and my roll pin that holds in the leaf, the adjustable rear sight piece, is starting to back out to the right. I'm like, okay, that's not good. So after every stage, I go to the safe area, I hammer this thing back in. And so I had to do that every 25, 30 rounds or so basically every after every stage. And while I was over there, you know, I'm having feed issues sometimes with this gun. So I'm there. They got all these, uh, what do you call those things? Or uh, barrel snakes, boar snakes. Yes. Yeah, yep. snakes. Boar snake through, clean off the feed ramp at the same time. And the gun ran perfectly. Wonder if 100%. I just had to remember to knock the sight back in. Because if that sight comes all the way out, then your, your blade's going to be like this, right? Last stage. Last stage of the match. I was having a pretty good last day, you know, nothing stupid, finishing averaging around fourth, fifth overall on every stage. But not good enough to win, but good enough to climb up maybe a spot because I finished seventh in production this year, seventh in carry optics, and I'll be damned if I was going to finish seventh at limited. So I had to push on the last stage. I didn't want to have that over my head. Sevens across the board. I've never done that. Nope, never done that. So – Taking a spreadsheet. Um, I, I love that quick reference. Yeah. So. So anyway, I uh, I get to the stage and I hadn't knocked the stuff in. I hadn't done my work and it was hanging out. I just shot a twenty-five round stage, and I told Travis Tomasi, my friend Travis, says, "Hey man, don't let me forget to try, remind me to knock this thing back together when I go to the, uh, before I shoot." He forgot. I forgot. I walk up and. The stage you were actually shooting poppers over this, you know, through a. It was a stage with six poppers lined up in a row, and and you basically finished on two relatively close targets, and then two twenty-plus yard targets at the back. And I was aiming, I was aiming through the fence, you know, just kind of aiming through the fence at the poppers. I wasn't looking at the site, and I load up, and as soon as I shoot the poppers, and I blazed them, just went full fill straighter. On the poppers, that's, that means way too fast. I ran over to the left side. I started shooting, and all of a sudden, I start seeing this pin coming out of the sight, like coming out, coming out. And that, then all, all of a sudden, I realized, oh crap! I forgot to hammer it in, 
and I forgot to clean off the V ramp. And sure enough, I get to the final right side. The pins all the way come out. Basically, the sights leaning like this, and the gun malfunctions badly. So I got to the end. My sights screwed up. I had a miss at the end because the sights, the shots were like you know over to the freaking right, high right. So I had high right Charlies and misses, and the gun malfunctioned badly like twice. So I went from having a 19 second run would have put me in sixth place to a 26 second run that dropped me down to ninth. So I was very unhappy with the way that gun treated me, but it's kind of my fault, but be that as it may, I had, I should have gotten it. I didn't even think about bringing it, but I, about two days before I left for the nationals, Bruce gray, a gray gun sent me a really cool pistol. Um, and Mason already kind of put it on, the internets uh, on Instagram or something, but it's basically a 320 with all his components and everything in it, his custom made slide, but it takes STI magazines. Mm. So it, it shoots long 40. And I thought at the time it would accept my RHT 22 round reloadable STI magazines. Uh, didn't, 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 didn't like those magazines. And those are the only magazines I have. So I couldn't use the gun, but I can tell you that, I'll be sending that back to Bruce. And if he gets that thing working, that gun is pretty amazing. It shoots so well. I was very, very disappointed I couldn't use it. But, uh, man, that thing is unbelievable. Yeah, those guys over there at Grey Guns definitely know what they're doing. Yes. So, yeah, I uh, my limited gun, it's a prototype. It kind of let me down a little bit, but it's, it is my fault. So I can't I can't complain. Pretty sad. Oh Lord, what do we got here? So this is just um, this is what I was talking about earlier when I was do tracking the division popularity. <laughs> I did it. I did it for last year and this year. Yeah, a spreadsheet. <laughs> um, but you can see down here how much more popular with this is just major matches. So this isn't locals or anything like that. Um, but carry optics is well ahead of all the other ones. So it doesn't surprise me that the max, the 320 max did so well. Right. Not only, you know, was one, it's very popular in USPSA. And two, like you said, I mean, it, there is a red dot revolution going on and it just seems like in general, that's what people want, even on their, their everyday carry guns. Right. People, shooters always want more. They want more ammo. They want more capacity. And they want more ability. And yeah, Red Dot does give a shooter more ability, more ability to take those hard shots. And I mean, I, I can tell you that most people don't feel comfortable shooting a headshot at 15 yards, but with a Red Dot or Swinger at 10, 15 yards, you know, it, it's, but if Red Dot shows you everything and you can pick up your misses and pick up your hits a lot faster or a lot more, not faster, a lot more consistently. Um, and some people think they can shoot faster with a red dot. I, I still am not convinced, unless you're max. But most of us shoot about the same speed as an iron sight gun, unless the shots are really far and really hard, and then it's, you know, it's a little bit faster. Right. Well, and and I even thought that it was uh, case in point, stage twelve at nationals, the the only stage with the low port. Ugh. When you when you kneeled down, you had that steel that activated that swinger. I mean, that definitely made it easier when you're kneeling down trying to look through that, you know, look up and hit that swinger. I thought it was easier with the dot than iron sights. I am not thinking you agree. <laughs> I'm sure it was fine for everyone else, except for the guy who finished 130th on it. Not a great stage for me. That was it. That was that's after that stage. That's when I said, okay, screw this. I'm going to send yeah. full send on every stage after that. Yeah, that was your I mean, yeah, in that fairness, was your day. Dave is lower to the ground. True. A little bit. True. Yeah. True. I mean, yeah. Slightly. True. Slightly. Barely. Yeah. Low ports are never a tall shooter's friend, but, uh, you know, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I will, but I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember when we interviewed the Williams sisters. They were like, we wish there were more low ports and all these things because we would be doing so much better because we don't have to shoot so high anymore. Exactly. 
but they're also like five foot nothing. So, right. Yeah. I used to shoot a lot in Central America and every match director there or every stage designer there, I think was like five, five. Yeah. So were, I feel like a giant when I go visit my family there. It's amazing. So I, uh, I, I, sh- I shoot these matches and they'll have, you know, there's no walls extend to infinity. They, they just put stacks of tires and stuff around targets. And I'll never forget. I shot an entire stage from one spot because I could see over all the these obstacles that they've shot. <laughs> and I was the tallest person there. And I just, I shot the stage. It was some ridiculous time where everyone was having to run down range. And I was just going to I was just hammering away. So sometimes it's good to be tall, but I will tell you from experience, it's only good to be tall about 30% of the time. The other 70% of the time when there's Cooper tunnels and low ports and that kind of thing, Tall, fat, and old, like Rob Latham and me, not fun for us, especially for that fat ass because he can he can't even bend his knees all the way. <laughs> and he's still one single stack. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, screw that guy. <laughs> Whooping that young boy ass. I know. Well, he won last year because I decided not to shoot single stack. I shot production. You know, at um at Virginia State, I was talking to Bill Duda. And he said, you know, I have not reached my um, the height of my ability yet. And he goes, and how I know that is Phil Strader is still kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, Listen, you're been, a benchmark for somebody. That's a big deal. Yeah. I always have been and probably always will be the one guy that no one wants to lose to. I mean, that's just a fact. And everyone will tell you that as long as I don't lose to Phil, even my friend Casey Reed, when my gun went down, he says, look, I really felt bad for you, but man, I'm glad it got me. Cause he beat me by one point. He was eight. That was ninth. And he's like, I was really glad to see it because I couldn't deal beat getting deal with getting beat by you. So yeah. And nobody wants to lose to the guy that doesn't shoot or doesn't practice and, and types for a living, you know? So I get it. And I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to get beat by me either. I don't like me at all. <laughs> so, so SIG is sponsoring carry optics again next year. Uh, yes. Nationals. Yes. Are they sponsoring any other national or is it just that one? Yes. We're, we're uh, sponsoring the carry optics nationals and the pretty sure we're sponsoring the, uh, the big one in uh, cameo as well. Okay. So are you going to be at both of them then? Oh yes, for sure. You, you're going to shoot limited on the second one in October. That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, my heart is in limited. Uh, I think I've shot more limited nationals in any division. Here's the spreadsheet. Let him see Got to check. I see him looking. Yeah. I've shot more limited nationals than any division. Uh, even more than single stack, huh? Yeah. So I do love limited. Limited is where, is where my heart is. The The problem, though, is, is, you know, SIG still supports me. I wouldn't say they sponsor me, but they do support me. They, they I mean, technically, they do sponsor me to a degree. Not on Team SIG, but they do help me. And, you know, I kind of have to keep in mind what's best for uh, the company to a degree. I know production's not what it was. Um, I think a lot of that, honestly, I think your, your, your chart, a lot of it has to do with the timing of the matches. I think having the production so early in the year didn't help it last year. Um, okay. But you know, we make a production gun. We make the X5 Legion, right? We make... We make well, most of the guns we make are production legal, and or one could argue production ideal. Um, but we don't make really a limited gun. That's that uh, make a gun that's perfect for limited. Um, now, with that said, if Bruce gets me a limited gun that runs with my magazines with a steel grip module. Wow, that's going to be a hard one to not shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, shooting with product, shooting production means I get to shoot against Nils, which I would love to do because I, he's the best right now, I think. And Jacob Hetherington would probably shoot production, which he's the, is also one of the best. Um, so I, I typically will go where the competition is. And Mason, I'm sure, will shoot limited. Um, 
if so, by some miracle I could get him maybe flying somehow the SIG banner, even if it's just not on Team SIG, but like as a, you know, a one-off sponsorship, and then and he has a limited gun and I have a production gun, it kind of you know, divides and conquers, so that's a good thing. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, we'll see. I really want to shoot. I want to shoot limited, obviously. My heart's there, but uh, I think it's more realistic that I shoot production. But yeah, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just thinking right now. I'm thinking I got to get my single stack out. I already got my single stack belt out, and I got to practice my stupid reloads because I'm going to be doing those a lot. Um, yes. And I'm going to have to find a major somewhere to shoot in April. That's not. I mean, something other than single. Something other than multi gun. So I can get my one practice match in before nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that practice match in. Gotta get that practice. Well, you, well, you know, there's always area two. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 There's next month area two. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think. I think me. I think. I think my shooting career is over this this year. I'm gonna shoot a club match next month. I think I probably should lay low for a while until my boss <laughs> recovers from me being gone so much. Or, you know, again, uh, just yeah. going to put this out there one more time. Just pitch the idea of me filling in. Yeah. Can't forget uh, that. I'll do it for free. You don't have to give me money. Just be like, oh, this gun fell off the production line. And, you know, that's that's fine. Okay. I can grow a couple inches, you know. All right, so here's what we'll do before I before I have to go. See, you have going? to sit there and say it, it's got a blemish on it, and you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, there you go." Yeah. <laughs> I will say I do love that AXG though. I love that that steel grip module. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, I'll tell you that. I uh, who came out with um the, the the people that came out with the light the loke loke light loki whatever the thing's called the brass flashlight yeah 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 right. oh, I don't remember yeah I know what you're yeah. talking about yeah I think it's L O K is the name of the company they do brass grips for the AXG grip now they do I'll tell you what I grips I love this thing yeah so apparently according to one of the guys I work with they took an AXG grip module they put these grips on it and it weighed almost the same as a TXG grip with the weight. So wow, that would be a tough gun to beat uh, if you had it set up the right way because that yeah. uh, I think shoots really well. Yeah, I I love it, and I love my three twenty. I love my X five, but there is something about that gun with a steel frame that I just oh yeah, man. it's like a two two six and a three twenty had a baby. That is actually <laughs> probably the best analogy ever. Yeah, yeah. What happened? That's, that's what happened. Oh, All right, that. so. So I have a I have a I have a a, a quiz. Oh, uh -oh. Whoever gets the question right, I'll send you a, some Sig swag. I will murder I, either I, one of you. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> You'll never see Huggy on the show ever again. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to get it before we will. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll right. give you I'll give you all a chance to get it right. So I'll send everybody something. All right. I already gave one away. I already gave one away. So what what division? Oh crap. What division <laughs> do I have the best overall finish average in? For Production. nationals. For nationals. Production. Limited. Production well, limited. And... I was gonna say single stack. Wow. Well, none of none you of us are right, so we all win. <laughs> you're all wrong. Ah. Wow. Uh, you're all wrong. Single stack was close. Single Bob stack rule, closest without going over. Sing single <laughs> stack is close. Uh, if you say revolver, I quit. My No, I've never shot a revolver. In action, but single stack, my overall finish is 5.07. That's pretty good. But it's not the highest. Carry optics, then. Yeah, was, okay. Uh, Just because of the fewest number of times you've shot it. Well, yeah, yeah. fifth, yeah. third, and seventh, which comes out to an average of five. So it's just a tiny bit better than single. Five point zero zero. Yep. Five point zero zero. Okay. All right. Here we go. 
I'll give you one more chance. Closest without going over <laughs> wins. In the form of a question. In the form of a question. Okay, here we go. All right, I don't. Sh this should be not. This is a tricky one because I don't shoot this. How many how many open nationals have I shot? Oh, ah, crap! What is seven, Bob? Uh, I'm gonna go with five. I'm gonna go with. If you say one, <laughs> you say one. Dude, if you buy, I am going with one. One. What one, number, Bob? <laughs> The correct answer is five. Oh, there you go. There you go. So oh, I got to get Leo. That just made my day a little bit. I got to be honest. I, when, this, when this is over, I'm probably going to cry in a corner. <laughs> Huggy, you should be really thankful because if one oh. had one, man, we were going to fight. He'd have shot you back with a cool fire trainer. Right. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god. All right. I, I gotta show you what we're talking about real quick, Phil, and I'll let you I'll let Oh you my god, on. no. Oh, when Huggy right, shot me in the it? face. I wore Blaze on our last thing because I wanted to make sure he didn't shoot me. <laughs> Phil, oh, I'm telling I you. I see what he's saying now, and I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm like, going, okay, that that wall. Oh. And then, <laughs> Are you okay, Leo? Okay, okay. <laughs> I know it's not loaded, and I know he's not going to shoot me, but he's literally pointing that at my image right now, and it's freaking me out, man. I know it's just you're you're like, well, for me, where are you at? You're. Yeah. Like oh. I also like to point out I was wearing a sick hat on that interview. Oh, oh my god. God, that's, that's one of the that today, funniest but... moments ever. <laughs> Look, <it was> like... <laughs> Like it was a delayed reaction. He's like, he just shooting me. Man, I can't believe my closest friend just shot me in the face. Oh, man. I didn't even care. That's good stuff. It's minority on minority crime. That's what I it know. Was. It's terrible. No. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh. oh so you see how you got you know how you like to rib with the other guys when you're with? This is how we are when we're together shooting. I would I would I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Uh, I uh, I have I've gotten to the point where me and Robbie's antics have gone. I have people call me, come up to matches, and ask me, "Do you really want Rob Latham to die?" <laughs> well, they'll say, "Do you? Are you and Rob Latham? Do you guys really hate each other?" And you know, I always ask the same. I said, "No, no, we're like we're very close friends. We're very close. I mean, I want him to die." Today, but no, I'm going to love each other. Yeah, that was like the first time my my wife ever heard me have a phone conversation with my older brother, and I called him a, an mf'er when he like when I answered the phone. I'm like, "What's up, mf'er?" She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh, it's just my brother." When I got mom says hi. Yeah, I was like when I hung up, I'm like, "All right, I hate you," and I hung up, and she's like, "Who were you talking to?" I'm like, "Oh, my brother." Yeah, my my cat, my youngest. Whenever I talk to Rob on the phone, if I usually we're Facetiming. Is the, the right before he hangs up, he goes, I say, Case, you have anything you want to say to Rob? And he flips him the bird, no matter where <laughs> he is. And Kate and Robbie's like, God, I love that little guy. Yeah, <laughs> coolest kid ever. He is. That's, That's a winner. Anyone that gives Rob the bird 100% of the time has got to be the coolest kid. Right. right. I mean, I'm just saying, put that out there. If he wins single stack again next year, I may just quit. I may just quit at 69 and be done. Listen, we know where to bury bodies. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. I got a guy for that. <laughs> well, so Phil, I thanks have, for coming I, on. I got oh, one go question for you. I got one question. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I, should, forgot, I didn't take any other questions, but go ahead. Um, okay. Because it's actually kind of funny. My, I went, I graduated from Old Dominion University, and my roommate uh, there at Old Dominion was from Danville. Uh -huh. And his uh, his family owned the uh, mortuary there. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So it was actually kind of funny. His name was Trey, and oh my god, we used to have a blast. When you said you were from Danville, I was like, oh my god, that'd be hilarious. No way. Yeah, uh, we sent that guy a lot of business. What? Yeah. What was his last name? 
Oh, I knew you were going to ask that, and I can't remember. <laughs> that was how it wasn't Trey Barker, was it? It might have been. Might have been yeah. a short little guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I sent, I mean, I never sent anyone business there, but I, I was there a lot for work. <laughs> like you didn't send them any business. Yeah. As far as no one knows. Yeah. yeah. Right. So how, how is it to go from Danville, Virginia to New Hampshire? Because I actually, before I transferred to Old Dominion University, I actually went to college up there in Vermont. So I kind of know how the weather is up there. Yes. So. Well, you know, honestly, look, I didn't, I didn't, I think had I made the transition from Danville to New Hampshire straight from one to the other, it would have been, I don't know if I could have handled it. Uh, But honestly, my transfer, I transferred from Danville to DC to Oklahoma, back to Danville, you know, New Hampshire. So I've never really, I mean, I'm Southern. I'm, I'm, I've got Southern blood and I, I have the, I still have the accent, especially if I start drinking and it get, kind of gets really bad. You know what I mean? Start getting my <laughs> impersonation going. But when I, when I left Danville and went up to Washington DC and started working there, obviously the accent was heavy and it stood out in DC because you know, everyone there, no one has an accent. So there I was getting, you sound like a redneck or you sound like a bumpkin. And then I would go home and visit, and they were like, "You sound like a damn Yankee now," you know, because you know I'm 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 getting that whole being pulled in two directions thing. Yeah. So yeah, by the time I left Washington, I had lost uh, at least I could talk my way out of the Southern accent. I could speak a little bit more. I mean, let's face it, Southern accents—they just don't sound very smart. I mean, I I don't want to say that it sounds horrible, but let's face it: if if Albert Einstein had said like e equals M C squared, man, this stuff works. No, <laughs> I tell you what. They wouldn't have taken them as seriously, right? So, but when I went to when I went to Oklahoma, there was there were no accents. I was expecting everyone to speak like really, really Western weird accents, and that wasn't that was like out in Oklahoma City and Tulsa area. They all sounded normal. So, and by the time I got up to New Hampshire, you know, here it's just it's 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 a lot different. Um, the weather is the big thing, like you said, the weather. It just sucks, man. I mean, it's just yeah. horrible. I mean, the cold's now coming back. And the problem is if you don't, my wife and I, we just sit in the house, eat crackers all day, and talk about how <laughs> shitty the weather is. We don't go skiing or sledding or anything. That's what you're supposed to do up here. You're supposed to right. have a hobby to do in the snow so you're not freaking miserable all the time. And we've been here six years, and we haven't found a hobby yet. So yeah, you're supposed to get some snowshoes and get some cross country right? skiing. Put some tennis rackets on your feet and start going crazy cross country right. skiing. It's like skiing uphill for fun. I don't, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> My idea of fun is like sitting on a car or a sled or something that goes for me where I can like push the gas and go. That's more of my speed. But then it's going to be cold, so it's going to have to be a completely enclosed UTV. And then, you know, at that point, I can just take a drive in the car at that point. So. Right. And then you sit here and stay at home. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, you get yourself an Articat, you know? Yes. See? Sounds fun. Until the cold comes. And then right. you know, people have invited me out to go ice fishing. Right. Really? What's that about? No. Right. Ice fishing. Wow. Exactly. But I will have to say, you go across the state line there to Vermont and get yourself some good uh, maple syrup. Maple uh, syrup. Daggone right. <laughs> oh, man. See, my accent. <laughs> well, well, I don't have any other have. questions. I'm just happy What's I won. Up? Leo, I'll have to get you uh, I have to get you some uh some swag, buddy. Yeah, I, believe me, I will wear it with pride. Just, I mean if you, you know sign what? it, that'd true. be even better. I could be I was like, gonna I say just take a selfie you know. of yourself, you know, print it out. Don't then, make yeah. it weird. Huggy, come on! Well, man. See now, I'm going to make it really weird. Like I'm going to see exactly. I'm going to put so something on. He's like, going to send me a shirt. And he's like, "This is a picture of me wearing a shirt." Yeah. XOXO. Yeah. XO. Here's the thing. Yes. That I would wear. Yes. Like this. Yep. Yes. Yes. I'm, see, that's not weird. That's just that's just happy. I'm going to call Joe Procopio right now, and we're going to get a Techwear shirt made. We'll figure something out. This just made my year. It's going to be amazing. 
Yeah, you Man, sit there this have, is the best victory I've ever had. Put on there, <laughs> biggest might be your only ever. victory ever. Yeah, <sighs> and I don't have to right, buy well, anybody any appetizers or anything. So this is, whew, no, I'm oh yeah, cloud nine right story. now. No, I'm, I got Joe on speed dial. I'm gonna call him right now. There you I'm go. Just gonna figure out what what picture I want to put on it. <laughs> well, Phil, we appreciate you coming on. It was a great conversation. So it was my yeah. pleasure. I enjoyed it. I uh, I don't do this very often, but when I do, I, I try to have as much fun as I can. Well, oh, thank you. Yes, that was a win. Outstanding. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a great weekend. All right. And we'll take it easy, sir. Bye. <laughs> Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.